0: thanks to our sponsors before we start first electrovoice electrovoice is a leading sound solutions company that provides on stage monitoring pa systems and microphones they were kind enough to provide us with four mics when we started this podcast about a year ago two of the re320s which we use in the studio for our recordings they're fantastic for vocals and a variety of other applications they're basically the little brother to the classic broadcast mic the re20 and they also gave us two nd76 handheld mics which are your basic on-stage workhorse mics. We use those for when we have in-studio guests, and they absolutely sound amazing. So big thanks to Electrovoice. You can find out more about them at electrovoice.com. Next, we want to thank SK Coffee. SK Coffee provides coffee blends from all over the world. Um, Costa Rica, Ethiopia, Guatemala, just to name a few. This company is amazing because they work directly with the farmers to provide fair and ethical practices, Our friend Nate provides us with our own custom blend, and we're usually always drinking it here when we're doing an episode. Really amazing stuff, so go check out www.skcoffee.org for more info about their products and how to get it shipped to you directly. Again, www.skcoffee.org. And finally, we have Oleo. Oleo manufactures and provides CBD oil packets. Just add one packet to a glass of water and boom – Instant delicious 25 milligrams of CBD oil. It's basically like Crystal Light, but with CBD oil. It comes in great caffeinated herbal tea flavors or decaf herbal tea flavors, uh, or it comes in my favorite, coconut water. You can also buy in bulk uh, flavorless options, and you can add them to any beverage of your choice. Go to www.oleolife.com to learn more and to learn how to purchase. Thanks, guys. All right. Good morning, everybody.
1: Good morning. It's like 3 o'clock, Pat.
0: 3 o'clock in the afternoon, basically morning. We got a
1: late start here, you guys, because, okay, we tried to be, like, super interesting for y'all, but, like, we're not always interesting on command, you know? And Alan Watts has a whole thing about this. He calls it a controlled accident. Ah. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, he just has, like, a whole lecture where he talks about how every artist is plagued with this thing where it's, like you're kind of demanded to be creative like on Mm -hmm. the spot Mm -hmm. and you're like, people demand of you to like create art. Yeah. And he compares it to like bringing a small child to like a family event and saying like, Hey, go in the corner and play. Right. And it's like, you're telling the child go play.
0: Right. What if they don't want to play?
1: Exactly what I'm saying. And, and so it's kind of an, Interesting command that people feel entitled to give sometimes. Yes, and not that yes. they, that y'all are demanding us to do this. No. but you <laughs> no. know what I mean. I'm just saying. And, and or you know what Alan Watts was saying yeah. is that it's it's hard to take something that.
0: <clears throat> so we tried this morning.
1: It's it can't be catalyzed by yeah. just you t- drinking a cup of coffee all the time. Right. It's not something you can just summon out of nowhere. Right. And I think any artist and anyone who's on any sort of medium can agree with that and say, for sure, it's hard to be forced into a corner and be told, okay, make something worth a shit, you know? And so, just like that, <laughs> we, we tried <laughs> we to tried. do the podcast this morning. We tried. And it didn't, it just wasn't flowing like it normally yeah. does, and we just decided, let's go get some coffee and a margarita and come back about it.
0: Yeah, so we did. We got a margarita, or like three. Yeah. And...
1: And so, you know, like we're having a little fun, a little more fun maybe than you. No, just kidding. (laughs) But we feel better. And yeah, you know, it, it relieves pressure on me when I do think of that Alan Watts lecture. And a lot of people like to say that Alan Watts is like your, you know, like, oh, so heady, sacred geo, hippie, like guru, spirit science bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. But... A lot of the things, a lot of his lectures, I have really enjoyed listening to, and I think that's one of the most relatable things he's ever said: is that creating art, creating good art, creating any art, is a controlled accident. You don't yeah. m- make something amazing purposefully all the time. It's it's.
0: Oftentimes you try, and it comes of the time, falling not out that falls way. flat. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, so, so yeah. Welcome so. to our potentially controlled accident, you guys. Um. <laughs> uh.
0: Hey, this is like our, this is our fifth attempt here today, so is, we gotta get know, it right. We
1: just didn't want to put out a bunch of bullshit for y'all, so. Right, I don't. Right, we, right. we just stopped ourselves, we are like, would we want to listen to this? No. No.
0: Absolutely not.
1: No, so, so we're, we're doing it again. Yeah. Okay, so, so anyway, here we are.
0: Here we are. Happy Friday, everybody.
1: Yes, happy friggin' Friday, except for sort of, I mean, happy Friday, but bummer week, Stan Lee died.
0: Oh, that's right, he did.
1: Yeah, and... As a particularly nerdy female, I've always been into actually predominantly more Marvel comics than DC and have always had a pretty large interest in it. In fact, me and Pat were going, well, we were talking about looking up maybe some information about Stan Lee um, when we were talking about talking about this and I realized <laughs> that I had like the Spider-Man ultimate guide
0: yeah, really in cool. my
1: library. Really, really cool. <laughs> Yeah, and it has every single like villain or
0: any character, hero
1: ever presented in any yeah. of the, the the Spider-Man comics. I think up until like two thousand one, and then Stanley writes a forward in it. And Pat, you were saying how old is he earlier? How old was he earlier? Excuse
0: me. He passed away this week at the age of ninety six. So he was born in nineteen twenty two, which I found interesting because in the book that you have, we were reading a little bit of it earlier, and basically Spider-Man got popular, what was it, 1963?
1: The series started in 1963, It started actually. in
0: 1963. So I think he had done a few comics before that, like Captain Marvel, Captain America, before Spider-Man came about. But No, m- he
1: had done, sorry, just yeah, so you know, uh, yeah. The Fantastic Four, The Incredible Hulk. And then in post, he did X-Men, Daredevil, Iron Man, Oh, okay,
0: okay. So he had done a few before that, but mm-hmm. he really caught his stride and really gained success with Spider-Man in 1963. And if you think about that, that's at age 41.
1: That's so crazy. Isn't that wild? Well, you know, that makes me think of the guy from LCD Sound System.
0: Yes. He so got, if you uh, ever
1: feel like you're not... If you ever where feel you like you are be. not where you should be, yeah, or where you, want um, to be. you are right where you should be. Exactly. The guy that started LCD Sound System didn't start it until he was 42. James Murphy. Yeah. Right? So yeah. 42 years old, started one of the most successful groups of all time. And now I have like two things that I want to read really quickly that have to do with this that I found this week. Okay. So here's one of the funds. Okay. Hold on. So here's one of the ones that I found on, of course, who's talking right now? That'd be me. So it's on Reddit. This is a cool little thing. New York is three hours ahead of California, but that doesn't make California slow. Someone graduated at the age of 22, but waited five years before securing a good job. Someone became a CEO at 25 and died at 50. And while another became a CEO at 50 and lived to 90 years, someone's still single while someone else got married. Obama retired at 55 and Trump started at 70. Everyone in this world works based on their time zone. People around you might need to seem ahead of you, and they might seem ahead of you, and might seem behind to you. But everyone's running their own race in their own time. Don't envy them. Don't mock them. They're in their own time zone, and you're in your own time zone. Yeah. So relax. You're not late. You're not early. I like it. You're very much on time. I like it. Yes. You're on time. It's cool, y'all.
0: Yep. And if you feel like you're not, then you better fucking hurry up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, right? it's, so, it's just so relative, man. I mean, it really I try to think about, I, I can't count how many times in my life I've said how upset I am that I, being from Montana, being a, from a very rural area, how upset it makes me that I wasn't able to even have people around me to give me a little bit of knowledge about the fact that digital audio workspaces existed. Right. So not having even known that, like how literally like the software that any of these, I, my whole life I was obsessed with music. You know, I Mm -hmm. felt like I listened to it differently than other people Mm -hmm. and then never, ever having the knowledge of, well, how is this actually happening when you're that young? I guess it's not really something that you like super seek out unless it sort of falls in your lap or like some sort of mentor maybe falls in your lap or
2: like
1: X, Y, Z could happen to you to introduce you to that. And I was never introduced to it until um, I started just effing around in GarageBand when I was in college. And someone eventually told me about Logic when I was actually interviewing a sound engineer for a journalism blog that I was working for. So I did not even know how that stuff worked, and I've had many regrets in my life about, oh, my God, I wish I got into this earlier. And then you see people that are, like, 17 years old, and they're like, oh, I'm Madeon, and I'm, like, the most famous person on the planet. Right. Or like, <laughs> right. oh, I'm, like, so prodigious. My name's yeah. Rez, and I'm, like, famous as fuck, and, like, dead mouth supports me. And then I'm like, oh, my God, kill me. I didn't yeah. even start until after you were born, I feel like. <laughs> right, until like, right, right, right. Like, you got famous, like... Oh, uh, before I even knew what you were doing, like yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So that can that used to get very frustrating for mm-hmm. me, but I, I just over time I really had to let it go, or it would have made me mad forever. You
0: have to, and you yeah, you do. Have you
1: have to let that go. So
0: yeah, yeah. So look back at all these people, such as Stan Lee, yeah, as an example. He didn't catch his stride in the comic book world until the '60s, late '50s, '60s. He was well into his '30s. He stuck true to what he wanted to do, his creative vision, comic books, and telling his stories and designing his characters. And he says
1: this whole forward. Sorry, what were you going to say?
0: I was just going to say, and this was back in an era where it was even more so like.
1: This was Mad Men era. People only wanted money. Well,
0: you're in your 30s. At that point, if you don't have a career already on the ground, it's like. What are you doing? Well, sixty
1: three yeah, you would have made This is him nineteen. 41. This is like
0: late Yeah, that's nineteen sixty three. But he started doing Marvel comics probably like in the fifties and started oh, he probably yeah, had all yeah. these. No. So what I'm saying is like he was in his mid thirties and well, at that point his in time first he was probably successful
1: character was Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. Oh, like okay. that was his first to take off. And he even talks about that in this foreword. I was I was gonna not read it. Yeah, he'd already created the Fantastic Four and the Hulk prior to creating Spider-Man, but they didn't take off like in any capacity the oh, way that okay. Spider-Man had. And so he was 41 by the time that anything he did really gained a lot of traction. And I wasn't right. going to read this, but it's honestly really well-versed and RIP, so I'm going to do it anyway. Do it's it. well-written. Here is the foreword of Spider-Man, the ultimate guide that I got when I was a young chillin' with the foreword by Stan Lee. This is just his opinion, his quick opinion about why everybody likes Spider-Man so much more. I think Spidey has made a lasting impression because he's possibly the most realistically human of all superheroes. He's never had enough money, he's constantly beset by personal problems, and the world doesn't exactly applaud his deeds. In fact, most people tend to suspect and distrust him. In short, he's a lot like you and me. There's another thing about Peter and his arachnid alter ego. When his series first started way back in 1963, Peter was just a stranger a teenager, and still in school. Most of the comic book readers were teenagers as well, so that made it really easy for them to identify with him. You see, at the time, all the comic book superheroes were adults. The only teenagers in comic books were heroes' sidekicks, and I figured, well, where is it written that teenagers can only be sidekicks? And the answer, of course, was nowhere, so Spidey was probably the first comic book hero, te- hero that teenagers, I, oh my God. So Spidey was probably the first comic book hero that teenagers themselves could identify with. Whoa, well, I think I omitted one more important point. You may have noticed that Peter Parker never lived in Gotham City or Metropolis or any place that involved a fictional city. Nope, his very first story planted him firmly in Forest Hills, a part of New York City. So readers could really visualize him web swinging around the streets of New York and its environs. It was just another element that gave Spidey a feeling of reality, even though he was actually part of an imaginative comic book universe. Finally, there was the humor. I tried to make sure that our web-headed wonder was never without some sort of wisecrack or sharp retort, no matter how tense of a situation might be. That, too, was an effort to be realistic, because, as you know, most young people have a flip way of speaking. They're never as proper or pedantic as many other heroes are portrayed. In fact, between you and me, Spidey speaks a lot like I do. Or maybe I speak like he does. (laughs) That's funny. That's cute. <laughs> After a while, it's hard to tell who's imitating whom. And there you have it. My take on the reason Spider-Man seems to have such an unshakable hold on the minds and emotions of so many readers. Even though I'm equally proud of many other, of the other characters the mighty Marvel bullpen and I have associated with over the years, I now can feel and understand why our wondrous wall crawler is the first one people think of when they talk about comics to me. And I hope I succeeded in making it clear to you, too. If I haven't succeeded, that's okay. It makes me resemble poor old Peter Parker even more. None of us ever seems to get anything right. So don't waste your time worrying about us. There's a lot of story waiting for you on the pages ahead. So wiggle your webs and plunge right in. You know how friendly your neighborhood Spider-Man hates to be kept waiting. Excelsior. (laughs) Stanley.
0: I like it. Isn't that
1: fantastic? That's that's a great forward.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Like Talking more about Stanley and... His The universe that he created, the Marvel universe that he spearheaded, it's so wild to me. I mean, they did a really terrible rendition of The Incredible Hulk in the mid to late 90s. And then they redid it with Ed Norton. But before that, then they did Spider-Man on the big screen. They did like the, the original trilogy with Tobey Maguire. And that was coming out when he probably thought, well, I'm nearing the end of my life, Right. And the CGI, comparatively to those Spider-Mans in the late 90s, early 2000s, were, or it, the CGI was lackluster. And now it's phenomenal. And he got to see his creations come to life in an era where the CGI caught up with what he wanted to do and actually made it look really. Pretty cool and convincing with the original you have to be Iron so Man. so old
1: though for that to, to occur though, because you know, like yeah. um, the guy that, that started Adobe Photoshop, yes. I was just watching an interview with him, and he's also obviously huge into CGI as well as being right. the creator right. of Photoshop. Right. And one of the things that I recall him most saying is that he doesn't feel like it's moving fast enough. Like right. his mind. Is still working to beyond the yeah. realms and the capabilities of the software that we're able to use mm-hmm. to be able to create what he's thinking of. Right. That blows my mind. That makes I I like
0: Yeah, it's like, wild, right? Like
1: I can't even imagine what happens in his brain. Yeah,
0: exactly. And like somebody like Stan Lee, who knows what was going on in his brain when the first movie that popped off for Marvel. Was, I mean, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans were popular, but Iron Man, Iron Man 1 was huge with Robert Downey Jr. Well,
1: that's because Robert Downey was actually good.
0: Well, yeah, he came back from his drug addiction. And people he,
1: just loved Spider-Man, so
0: Well <laughs> they I mean, were willing it,
1: to sacrifice their <clears throat> time for Tobey Maguire.
0: <laughs> right, no, I'm saying, but Iron Man, when it came out, <laughs> like, that's when the special effects, like, they could actually have that's a true. guy flying around in a suit and make it look pretty seamless and indiscernible to the...
1: Okay, that's true. But I'd also like to say that I yeah. feel like CGI is really relative to your current For sure. state Absolutely. of mind. Absolutely. Because when I play like Nintendo 64 games and shit, like, oh my God, I'll play people on Nintendo 64 Pod Racer, which is one of my favorite games to play yep. um, in my house. Yep. And they get so pissed off because we, we're playing on a 4K TV.
0: Yeah, it's all blurry. With True
1: Black. Yeah. And they are like... Okay, I either need to sit fifty feet away, <laughs> or this needs to be in high definition. And I don't right. have any wireless N sixty four remotes. Do they even? Do they even do that? Uh,
0: they probably have them now, like third parties. Cusace, but yeah. yeah,
1: but but yeah, it's like um, get over it, bro. Yeah,
2: just deal with the it. The point
1: being, though, that like that was so normal to us, and I know it looks even more effed because we're right. watching on such high definition now, where we can see. That every pixel on that game is made up of 10 billion more
2: pixels. Right, 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 right.
1: <laughs> but still, you know, like it's crazy to think of how normalized I used to think terrible quality used to look. Right. It was totally not, I didn't even think a thing mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. We're spoiled as fuck.
0: Ah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, last thing we'll say about that, or that I wanna say about this, is that Stanley, when his. Creations came to major motion pictures. He was probably in his 70s, and he died at the age of 96. And they've come a long, long, long way since the original, since Iron Man 1, since Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. So if that's not going out on a high note, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So good for you. R.I.P. Stanley.
1: Yeah. Man, what other, uh, I feel like they're coming out with like other biopics and stuff. Yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah. We were just talking about this the other day.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you just saw Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah? I did. Yeah, good?
1: Yeah. It was really well done. It was two and a half hours long, which is mm. probably my only qualm with it. I fell asleep a couple times, to be totally honest. Yeah. But it wasn't because of the movie was boring. It was because we went to Hefe before and I drank a couple <laughs> margaritas.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It was really, really well done. and The guy who I played Freddie Mercury can just kill it, right? The guy who played Freddie Mercury is the guy that plays Mr. Robot, Elliot and Mr. Robot. What is his Rami oh. Malek. Okay. Yeah, so Rami Malek, the, the protagonist of Mr. Robot, he is Freddie Mercury in, in the new Bohemian Rhapsody biopic, and he did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. Yeah. How good. I still have to see did. it.
0: I'm a I'm a fan of I forgot a lot Queen. of like the
1: little things about Queen that I already yeah. knew, you know, but I didn't yeah. think about on a regular basis at all. Right.
0: So right. It's hard to keep all these stories straight, you know?
1: No, definitely. Uh another um, one that
0: I'm excited to see Elton I know, John. Elton John that they're oh. making. I want to see that one a lot. Oh my god. You mentioned I I another one. Play. What was that weird one that you mentioned? Oh, Vincent Van Gogh.
1: Yeah, they're doing a Vincent Van Gogh biopic. I know it's made to be it. number three of like upcoming biopics.
0: What's the? What are the other two? <clears throat> if you have it this handy. one
1: that I was looking at for a moment, um, starring Steve Carell.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Which intrigued me, just being that it was Steve Carell, and he's doing a lot more serious. Marwin, right? Lately, and yeah, it's called Welcome to Marwin.
0: Marwin, M A R W E N. Um, when you first said it, I thought you were saying Morrowind, like the Elder Scrolls oh. video game <laughs> series that was really popular and no. still is.
1: No, I wasn't. I mean, I'm pretty nerdy, but I wasn't talking
0: about that. Yeah, no, Marwin. Um, That looks really cool. I really don't know that story, but we watched the trailer (laughs) yesterday and it was, that was really awesome.
1: Yeah, it looked amazing. I had no idea like what I was going to be looking at going into it. So Um, it seems like
0: a World War II era uh, guy who lived in Germany was chastised by the SS and Hitler's forces. And he was an artist, kind of like a, very visionary at that time, m- you know, merging uh, st- still motion, it almost looks like. Yeah, like type it's, characters.
1: Yeah, it's stop motion. Stop motion. It looks like stop motion, like small soldiers, though. Yeah. It's not like claymation, it's right. like small soldiers stop motion. And it goes in and out of the regular of, yeah. of normal filming and that, but but the whole premise of the film, and we're not ruining it for you because that's not even out yet. We're just talking right. about the trailer here, and you yeah. should go check it out. It's Marwin M A R W E N. But what it seems just to be is he has a fatal accident. That's the whole premise of this mm-hmm. movie, and he loses his ability to create art anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether it's via his brain, his his brain or, or what it like is. Physical, yeah, like yeah, but. Regardless of dexterity or mental capacity, he can't do it anymore. And so they start to. He says he, his art just. He uses his old art to convey what he wanted to say. So mm-hmm. it looked really, really super interesting. And it's done
0: by Robert it's, Zwicky? Yeah, yeah. Correct?
1: And that. Uh, the guy no, who Z- did. Zemekis. Zemekis. Uh, no, Zemekis. Zemekis. Uh, uh, who yeah. did uh, Castaway and Forrest Gump.
0: Cool. Super so, cool.
1: I think it can't not be It bad. looks the
0: trailer looks amazing. And I mean, Sorry I Sorry
1: for my double negative everyone. It <laughs> made me want to just mute myself. <laughs>
0: You're good. No, it looks it looks awesome. I mean, the way just the trailer portrays it looks amazing. Yeah,
1: I was really like, what when I clicked on it and was I'm really and, excited about it like, now.
0: I'm so out of touch with movies, but that's one that's in my mental list yeah, right now. Yeah,
1: definitely. I'm seeing another thing right here about this new movie that Nicole Kidman has coming out. And, and <sighs> I've never t- been a fan. Okay. I can't really talk to you anymore. Sorry. You're going to need to leave the podcast. No, I um, know. I love Nicole Kidman. I love that I didn't even know she was Australian until like four years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I love her just like gentleness and her calmness she's just such a tranquil person Mm -hmm. in fact even when she's mad i feel this i still feel this like sense of tranquility where i almost feel like almost i would almost feel like a tranquil guilt over being afraid of her ever but i don't know i've always really appreciated her as an actress she was fantastic in bewitched oh
0: yeah 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 that's a good one
1: that was amazing okay yeah. and even yeah, for yeah. will yeah he was he fantastic in that movie you know what
0: he's a good actor people think of him as like a comedian slapstick type of guy but
1: he yeah he's
0: got the chops to do he's really versatile actually. he
1: does he has that uh other movie as well everything must go
0: that's a good movie actually
1: another like similar vibe sort of thing but yep. well not similar vibe to bewitch but it's i mean just like him serious. in a different element yeah it's like um, a
0: darker comedy
1: yeah but anyway i personally love nicole kidman And um, I saw this great meme of her today. It was an old picture of her in 2001 walking out of the courthouse. And she has her hands in the sky wearing this, like, amazing, like, popcorn crop top. And she just looks so frickin' happy with these super ugly, like, 90s sunglasses on. What was and she so memes, happy about? Her, her said, divorce? Every day, wake up and act as happy as Nicole Kidman when she got divorced divorce from, from Tom Cruise.
0: That's what I was thinking. I'm like, what would she be so happy about? Okay, Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I like Tom Cruise as oh an actor. God. I think I couldn't handle him in person, probably.
2: Do
1: you know that... Okay, wait. How tall is he? Not? Not. Like, Very nice. Okay, we're checking this right now.
0: Shorter than I. I'm five um, foot 8 I'm height. a short man.
1: He's 5'7". Okay, so he's yeah, exactly so my height.
0: He's 5'7 listed, so that means he's like 5'5", five five real life. Yeah, that's yeah. totally
1: true. I just found out the other day that Robin Wright is shorter than me. Who? Robin Wright, a.k.a. new protagonist, season six of House of Cards. Claire oh, Underwood yeah, yeah, in all other seasons yeah. of House of Cards. And F's Kevin Spacey, also... Beautiful Princess Bride. What? Robin Wright is Princess Bride. What? Yes. I did not. Know 1987.
0: That. I know the, the movie. The Princess Bride. Yeah. That's Robin Wright. No shit.
1: Yes, shit. What? Look it up. No, I yeah. believe.
0: I, I take your word for so, it. So it's um, kind of mind blowing, right now. I know now,
1: it though. is, and it just makes my love for her my even wish. more. <laughs> When two, people, One, two love people love each other. People. You know, that's hilarious because, okay, I was at my best friend's wedding this summer. Yeah. And we're all like my age, that everyone that was in the wedding party, we were doing the rehearsal. And we get all the wedding party lined up at the front. And then Chelsea and Dan, the bride and groom, were mm-hmm. at the back of the like amphitheater waiting to come down or right, whatever. Right, right. Everyone's like, all right, ready, ready, here, we're about to start. And I was like, marriage. And literally not a peep.
0: Well, because it's a serious moment.
1: (laughs) It was not. The whole thing was a joke. Everyone was was drunk. Everyone was already drunk. This whole thing was just like a, okay, let's make sure everyone knows where they stand. Okay. It wasn't like parents were there and it was like this whole ordeal. It was literally just like 10, 20 somethings. Being like, okay, where do we stand for tomorrow? It's gonna be fine. Oh, oh, it was
0: the rehearsal. That's
1: what I said. Oh,
0: I thought it was like during the thing and are I'm you like, kidding? <laughs> you Yeah, can't during her freaking
1: wedding, I yelled mowage. <laughs> no. That's
0: what I thought you said.
1: During the rehearsal.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Which okay, was a okay. total
1: yoke yeah, anyway. Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, always, they're like, they is everybody are.
1: ready? And I was like, Yes, mowage. And everyone just was like What? They literally didn't acknowledge it at all. And then I tried I think I tried to carry on and be like when two people wav each hello and wav, wav.
0: Well, you know what? Some people are just boring, Megan. Just
1: you know, a, they are. It's just and, the facts of um, life. When I tell them to fuck off, I hope they say, as you wish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, man. Oh, mm. man. oh, oh man. man. Oh, man. Oh, man. And you know what? What
0: else is going on in the world this what week? What else is
1: going on in the world, dude?
0: Oh, uh, did you see that Rolling Stone article?
1: Pretty depressing. It's still, yeah, it's I did. It's still a
0: publication. They still have articles online. you <laughs> <What> are you <laughs>
1: trying to tell people that the library still exists? Yes, the Rolling Stones still the exists. The
0: Rolling Stone still exists. And I can't believe week, that
1: Drake is the cover photo of this. Though. Well, this week they were talking it.
0: about the death of the album and how it affects the music industry. And... This has been a long time coming. We've all seen the writing on the wall since Napster. But basically, in a nutshell, what this article says or poses the question of, is the album dead, question mark, and will that affect the record industry, question mark? The answer is yes and yes. Especially getting back to what we were talking about on either last episode or the episode prior Megan, where pretty soon people are going to be able to upload their own songs and tracks to Spotify directly without going through a distributor. That's always been one of the big things, especially since streaming or downloads or piracy have hit you. It's know, true, and not culture. only that,
1: but Spotify has also made a move now to be able to not only be able to upload via directly with Spotify – yeah. but to partner with other distributors as well. So they can pretty much, it, I mean, depending on how far this goes, make mm-hmm. distribution company, companies completely obsolete. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, yeah, but wow. this article that you're, you're talking about with the Rolling Stones yeah. is wild just to read some of the numbers about it. The value of total stateside album sales in the first half of 2018 across downloads, CD, and vinyl has plummeted 25.8%.
2: Compared to the huge. first
1: half of 2017. Yeah, So huge. one year ago. Yep, One and a huge. half years ago. Yeah,
0: last year they they saw a drop off of like six and a half percent on physical sales, CD sales, which is still the biggest part. Contrary to popular culture, yeah, would make say, you believe that like actual vinyl record sales are huge. They're not.
1: To put it more plainly, U.S. consumers will, will spend around half a billion dollars less on albums this year than this they huge. did in That's 2017. Huge.
0: That's a big chunk. And... So, I, the guy who.
1: Wow, this chart is astonishing. The guy
0: who posted this article was my old coworker in the record industry. We both were slinging CDs. And he posted this on Facebook, and I, I ended up having a conversation with him. And my thoughts, if anybody cares, and as to how it's going to be going forward with Spotify allowing people to upload their own stuff, I think the future is only going to be just an influx. Of people posting their own material, whether it be singles, whether it be two or three track quote EPs or, you know, longer five, six EPs. I think the album is going to die. I think there's still going to be uh, a niche for the album and for bands or artists who want to create a long album.
1: I agree with that. You know and what I, I mean? And I think but that there are die hard people who like are mad that that's the way that the industry is turning. Yeah, well there's you know t- even people my age
0: yeah well there's always people who want to hold on to that special something of whatever you know whatever feeling that they have that elicits a good feeling of having that thing it's when true. things are changing and people just, are always afraid of change
1: I went to lunch at Chimborazo with yeah. centrific recently oh really yeah and um centrific is a guest on one of our previous podcasts yeah if you guys really check on. it out him he, um, he's one of the most Prolific, prodigious, long lasting techno event promoters, DJs, awesome people in the Twin Cities. And he was a really interesting interview to have. But I went to lunch with him the other day and I was talking to him about how much more satisfying it is to have a tangible media library. Right. And I think that I, as a, you know, as a bit of an audiophile and as a as a sound engineer and someone who's looked at music differently my whole life than maybe some people do, that's something that's more important to me, is to be able to have a tangible media library. And I don't mean that even just so far as albums and CDs right. necessarily. And I'm not trying to go into a complete tangent here, but I mean that with books as well. Mm-hmm. That was my one thing really is that I've realized I've been buying a lot of books lately. Right. And I thought to myself, well, should I just buy a Kindle? Mm -hmm. But I, I love the feeling of having the book in my hands. I like looking at it and seeing how far I am or how close I am to being done. I like having it on my shelf and looking at it and being able to recall from time to time, the knowledge I learned from it just by happening, happening to see it when I look at it. Absolutely.
0: And so that's, Getting back into this, quote, death of the album uh, t- discussion, that is the, one of the counterpoints of it. And th- I think that will certainly exist, right? Much like books still exist, right? But are books as prominent as they once were? Are they, as the, are they the dominant medium of consuming literature? No, because the Kindle does exist.
1: That's true. You I know just, what I mean? It's just yeah. adding
0: another It's adding another sect into the entire market share. So will CDs and vinyl ever go by the wayside? No. In fact, vinyl has been climbing. It had a big resurgence about four years ago and has been steadily climbing by like maybe a half a percent percent a year lately.
1: And I um, contribute and, to that with yeah. my hipster ass. And
0: we all do because, but like <laughs> we live in Minneapolis, which is a very super hipster city. So we see it right here and everybody's kind of into it, but the nation as a whole, not so much. But there definitely is a growing sect of it. And then that goes back to the part of, this: will the CD die? No, it won't. Will the album die? No, of course it's not going to die. Will it significantly reduce? I think so. And here's another reason you need why.
1: You mean album... By saying that, you mean like a more than probably eight multi-track project. Yeah, I call it like an LP consolidated project by an artist. That's what you're referring yes. to album as when you say. When I you say think that, the yeah. album could be gone, but CDs and LPs won't.
0: Well, yeah, uh, I don't Just think to the clarify. CD. Yeah, I don't think the CD and LP will uh, will die. It will have its niche.
1: But right? you're saying that that you think the album is going to die off. Like
0: No, I mean not not for good. The idea
1: of like twelve songs that are all with one common
0: Yeah, I mean yes, that's what I'm talking about. Will it die off? I think no. It's not gonna die. Will it die down? Yeah, of course. Of course it will taper off. Because here's the deal. Here's the other thought you have to have. And it's all unfortunately this world is all driven by money, even in our profession, the creative profession. When you can upload things to Spotify Now, without a distributor, you will. The amount of uploads that people are doing now, it's much like SoundCloud. And the interesting thing is that SoundCloud kind of spearheaded this in the genre that we've made music on and like toured around on the premise of is very SoundCloud friendly. And that's kind of where it became friendly. Or I mean, that's where the people who adopted it. You know what I mean? The SoundCloud audience adopts electronic music.
1: Okay, yeah, that's true. Right? Okay, this is a power move. Hold on. Hear me out. Hear me
0: out. Hear me out, though. My point is is that most of the monetization that's happening today is coming from streaming, right? So it's not gonna take long for major acts in other genres who are historically album driven or releases separated by a couple years, you know, like they go through a label, they release an album or an EP, they tour that for like a year, there's a marketing setup, et cetera, et cetera, and they stagger their releases like every couple years to make money off of that. It's not gonna take them long to figure out Hey, if we keep releasing music frequently, like two, three times a year, like the Beatles used to do back in the sixties, there's gonna be more for people to consume. There's gonna be more for our fans to consume. We keep releasing music, we have a bigger library. People hit play at the beginning of the day, they go out, they're on the bus, they're walking around, whatever. Well, I it's feel like playing. the irony
1: is that they weren't able to fit that much onto things back in the day.
0: Well, yeah, so there's it's like that when too.
1: Back in the day, the the data the amount of data allowed on what was essentially a, yeah seventy five minutes yeah seventy five minutes a, on the cd forty five is it or a 40, was it a forty five is I don't know well
0: there's a there's a lp with like the full thirty three and a third rpm size
1: what's the small ones those are forty fives yeah yeah what came first though I don't know okay anyway I feel like. I feel like the data that was allowed on the format yeah. of what was available at the time also played a lot into what people were allowed to even be able to, you know, like pay attention to. If mm-hmm. uh, if a vinyl record was a 45 and it could only hold two songs per side, you right. only had four songs coming out from that artist at the time, you have mm-hmm. four songs for the fans to be obsessed with, till so you make the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny how maybe... It's weird and almost ironic to look at as this, look at it almost as a cycle that's happening now. Yeah. Prior it was a data issue. Right. And like being able to accommodate enough data mm-hmm. to put out content and now right. it's an attention span issue. Exactly. But at the same time, I think I don't know, I think there's something to be said for both of those things and I think it's all about quality of content. People do get super yes. ADD, but you can go look at, you know, shock value too from Timbaland and see that that 22 shit songs 22 or whatever. tracks yeah. on it yeah. and yeah. almost all of them were fire. And he was in this weird era where you could put 20 tracks on a, on a song. And especially when you're in hip hop and rap
2: They're, yeah,
1: and you could do that and get away with it. But it wasn't like most people were trying to get away with it. It was, it was, he got, he didn't get away with it. He nailed it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he had like simu- simultaneously produced Loose from Nelly Furtado. Mm-hmm. Her 12-track album, which was one of her most famous of all time, had Maneater yep. on it. Yep. She had just done the uh, Get Your Freak On remix with uh, for Missy Elliott, that was also, that Timbaland was also involved with. Yeah. He had his hands in so many pots at the time and was just making Fuego, Fuego, Fuego. Yeah. So the amount of stuff he was putting out wasn't really super relevant, I feel like, because the quality was so good. Mm-hmm. Now we're at a point where, yeah, you could put out that that much stuff, but mm-hmm. not at the volume that you need to.
0: Well, here's where I disagree with that. I think. Once Spotify opens the floodgates and allows people to upload their own things to that format via SoundCloud, one of two things, the first thing that's going to happen is I think SoundCloud's going to die a slow but sure death, um, RIP SoundCloud in the future. And the second thing I think is going to happen is you're going to see an influx of material and songs on Spotify, obviously. Now, this being said, uh, with the current laws that are in place and like how Spotify pays out based on streams, I think what you're going to have is a lot of bands or a lot of acts releasing a lot more quantity of music. So there are two things to think about. You're going to have a lot more music to sift through if there isn't already enough to sift through. There already is too much. Uh, So people are just going to be like, they know a name and they're going to be like, oh, I like them. I'm going to go to their artist radio or I'm going to just play their stuff all the way through. And when people realize that people are playing their stuff all the way through, uh, like we were talking with Bureaucratic the other, the other week, and he's got such a laundry list of, of a catalog going on that he can afford to live in New York just on his music streams alone on Spotify, right? Crazy. So when people figure that out and they're like, okay, we have enough fans, we're just going to release material – And they're not going to sacrifice on quality because they're, you know, respected musicians Mm -hmm. and they know how to make good quality music. They're just going to have a lot more smaller releases like two or three track releases, uh, maybe five or six song EPs coming out multiple times a year. Something that fits a cohesion within that project. And it's just going to. Make financial sense for them because people are going to be streaming their stuff, and they have more stuff to stream. You're going to get twice as many plays if you're releasing twice as much stuff a year. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Now the problem with that is that there's going to be a backlash, and it eventually we'll go back to a full-length album because people will say, "Oh, there's too much to go through. I just want one really good, like twelve-track something." Totally. And I think it'll it ebbs and flows, like the sands of time.
1: It does, but it I think makes we're gonna, It's
0: gonna. I think what we're seeing in the immediate immediate future, we're gonna see an influx of material, and it's gonna be hard to sift through. People are gonna be picking and choosing their favorites. Uh, it's gonna be a good time. That's happening
1: right now. And
0: that's what I'm saying. It's it's always been happening like that, but it's gonna be more. So you're gonna have to really sift out what sucks, because there's gonna be a lot of shitty stuff out there.
1: I think that's already literally happening right now. I know. I don't think it could get any worse than this. Oh, it will.
0: Once Spotify opens up the gates and anybody can post their stuff and distribute their stuff.
1: You mean, okay, so you're saying sifting through things on things that aren't SoundCloud. Yeah. Because SoundCloud is already... It already has that. That's what I'm saying. Reddit.com slash R slash new. That's
0: a sect. That's a small sect. Not everybody listens to SoundCloud. We're in the genre okay, where we do... Okay, that's fair.
1: But, there, but everybody's but on also, Spotify. Every single other streaming platform is riddled with algorithms to mm-hmm. sub- suggest songs that you would actually like. Right. So I really don't think that some non-commercial quality song that got mastered at negative seven dBs <laughs> is going to be suggested to you after I don't know. you just listen to Nautix's I mean, massive track that looks I'm like saying, a fucking caterpillar.
0: All I'm saying is that it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right, well... So. I mean it that's why I foresee. But like see the big, the out. big question mark in my mind is what is going to become of major labels? Because if you have a band, let's say I'm just going to throw this out there, just a random name. Let's do somebody not too big but big enough. I'm going to pick Muse. Yeah, they're huge. Okay. But they're not Beyonce, right? But they're huge, huge enough to be on a label, major label. So when they soon like a band like that figures out that they don't need their major record label anymore to distribute their stuff. They can self-distribute it. They don't have to pay a middleman. They don't have to pay all these studio fees that they can pay themselves and they can reap the benefits of their own thing. So long story short, I think down the road you're going to see the death of the music industry because right now the only thing they have going for them is marketing dollars, you know, to prop up their artists for either sinks or like Christmas in Rockefeller Center or something like that we see Mariah Carey again try to make like money off of Mariah Carey's Christmas hits that type of stuff when that no longer needs to exist and artists can do that themselves I mean that's our fe- that's very close in the near future in my opinion
1: That's true it's just going to completely change and mold and reshape touring
0: Exactly exactly And so
1: that's a whole another thing about that, that we have to talk about I've thought about that I think that. we should just you know what? We're gonna have um, Jesse Breda on here yeah. in, in the recent future. Yeah. And in the recent future, is that <laughs> a the, fucking thing? No, that's Can I not. Say no, that?
0: that's an oxymoron.
1: In the recent future, in the, in the
0: upcoming that's near what future, say
1: on the next podcast. In <laughs> the recent future, yeah. on the Green Room podcast. No, um, sorry everybody. Yeah, um, in the near future, in the near freaking future. future, we're gonna have yeah. the amazing Jesse Breda, who is the owner and creator of Gravitas Recordings and also he's, one of the he's awesome DJ people producer himself from, too. from Pivotal Agency and yeah. also a, a producer and DJ and awesome proprietor of female acts. And I don't say that in some weird way that I'm offended by.
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> say it
1: like he's some like damsel in distress rescuer. I say it in the way that he, I feel like he acknowledges the lack of our presence in the community and he's more willing to look at us with with a with a quality, with an innate, innate sense of equality, and with an innate sense of the fact that we are no different from any other producer and look at our work solely based on that.
0: Well, he should. I mean, most I mean, I think I know, I, I, I hesitate to say I think everybody does, but everybody should. They absolutely
1: right? don't. And you know what? I'm not even mad at them because it's an innate. It's like literally not only is it an innate thing that has been ingrained in us because of gender roles since the beginning of time when people told me I had to wear pink and they told you that you had to wear blue. I mean this on in in even like an old school like neanderthal like yeah evolutionary way. Yeah. Like we were evolved and conditioned to be that way. And
2: right. and right. that's
1: cool, but yeah, you know the The current climate that we're in and everything, it's just super cool to see people completely ignoring what gender I am and just listening to my music and finding merit in that. And I think that it's becoming a more popular thing, but then we have these people that will go out of their way to try to empower, quote, (laughs) women by giving us special privileges, like saying, hey, you know, we realize we don't book many women on these shows. So next show we do, we're going to do all women or Mm -hmm. at least half women. And it's like, that's this cool sentiment. I'm not shitting on that. I'm not trying to be some social justice warrior, feminist, crazy person right now that's like, we don't appreciate you. And at the same time as I feel like there aren't enough women in the industry, I also don't want your help. You know, like that's not what, what I'm saying. No. I would like women to be able to get to where they want to be on their own merit and without being compared via their gender. And I think that the first catalyst toward doing that is to encourage more women to start producing right. and DJing. It's not to be giving them more opportunities based off the fact that women don't get as many. It's right. to catalyze a process where women feel more comfortable and less pigeonholed and able to express their self via DJing or producing and building a larger community of women that are capable of booking those slots. And that's where it lies. Right. And rant. And
0: rant. Last thing I'll say, just playing devil's advocate here in a way, but don't think for any moment that there aren't people who don't understand trends and don't understand the trend of the fact that there aren't a lot of women profiled at a high level in this industry that we do, whether it be you know, rock bands, DJs, okay, producers, et cetera, et cetera, who will be willing to take advantage of that knowing that it will be successful.
1: Are you are and you're saying that based off of like that a woman could get far because of their like aesthetic?
2: I'm no. sorry,
1: I'm not understanding what you're saying. No,
0: I'm I'm saying that they can be given the opportunity because they're aesthetic, but they can't keep it up.
1: Well that's exactly what I'm it. saying though. Yeah,
0: no, that's I know that's what you're what saying. saying. No, I know what you're saying. I'm but, just saying know, don't where think are
1: the, where are they? Where are the shitty female DJs that are headlining EDC? No,
0: they're and, not. That's what I'm saying.
1: No, but but that's what I'm saying, like okay. We've got Rez, we've got Chloe. Yeah. Uh, we've got Chloe Z, we've, we've got Whip Cream, we've got Kiva and the Librarian. I could go on and on, you know, Alicia, one of the most OG yeah. in the in the game. Yep. None of those girls ever got to where they were by being super hot. None of them had their titties out right. on their Instagram to right. get where they are. I'm not saying that those women don't exist, but they don't exist in the real base realm. I mean, no, I, I mean, exactly what Miha, I'm saying is, I, I would say is maybe what people projected as something like that. But she was never, ever again one of those like slutty, skanky, no. super hot chicks that everybody was <clears throat> trying to no, you know who, like, only care about because she was hot. Within, you
0: know? within what we do, I'd say the prime example of what I was talking about is somebody like Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton has DJ Okay, parties. that
1: I agree with 100%. You know what I mean? But I'm not but where even, is I she not g- even put where her in our now? realm.
0: No, but that's what I'm saying is like, where is she at now? She has nothing to sustain her skill level.
1: Well, no, definitely. And I mean, right. like, this was just... That was just as much a fizzle as this whole shit with Shaq will be. Yeah, cool, Shaq? he did it. No,
0: Shaq's been DJing for a lot, like, a long time.
1: Yeah, but DJing dubstep at Excisions Festival? No. He was doing hip-hop. That's cool. That's yeah. way more... You know, I don't care what he DJs. That wasn't Whatever. my point. I'm yeah. not trying to say that certain people have to DJ this and that. I'm just saying right, that, right. yeah, a lot of people are being gimmicky. Cool if he enjoys it and shit like that, But I, but he didn't get to where he is because he's an amazing, amazing DJ. <laughs> no, right, no, right, right, He was right, already right, right, there yeah. and he, he just... said, hey, yo, I want a DJ. And that was
2: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah. You know,
1: so I don't know. I I think that you're totally right. If, if we're looking at the top 40 more like club bottle service side of the electronic music industry, yes, there are going to be women over there that are doing that. But then you've got people like Flava D, you've got the librarian, you've got Kiva, like I was saying, Got tons of female house DJs, Abby Jane, that are doing fantastic jobs making actual music. Ana Yvette, who we had on one yep. of our previous episodes. Yeah. Laura Brem. I could go on forever just naming these people. You guys should check any of those people I just set out. But they're all fantastic, not Reed. only vocalists, but producers, you forget- engineers. You're forgetting one of the OGs. One of our good friends, A. Marie.
0: You're forgetting one of the OGs, Whew. Reed Speed.
1: Reed fucking Speed. Reed, we're going to have you on here soon. But yeah, no. O G A F. Read speed <laughs> is one of the best female DJs <laughs> I've ever seen in bad- my life, no, she's, and I'm not no, no, trying to quantize she's, that she's one of the most female, badass DJs.
0: She's I've ever seen yes.
1: In my life. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, and see, it's something that is just universally something hard to get over because it's so. Yeah. It's so taboo to find a lot of women in this industry. And every time we're mentioned, we're mentioned as the local you're grouped, female. we are grouped into
0: as female DJs instead of just DJs. Yeah.
1: And right? you know what? It's fine. I've gotten over being pissed off about it. But because even I fuck it up sometimes, like you just heard. But yeah. yeah, no, there are so many chicks that didn't get anywhere that didn't get to where they are by being hot AF. Right. Little bad snacks. Ugh.
0: Wait,
1: I I love that name. Okay, you guys go on to Instagram right now. And you look up Lil Bad Snacks. She is a snack, but she's super talented. She plays like the viola, the piano, the bass, the guitar. She plays like all these crazy ass, like, I don't even know, like sound design controllers that I really haven't seen most anybody ever play on before.
0: Since we're on this tip, let's give a shout out to Peebs. Yeah. Butter. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. Peeebs, what up? But yeah, so no, my, my whole point in saying this is that and I feel this about men too, you know? I'm I'm not trying to shit on men in this industry, whoa, but Whoa, whoa not, whoa, of, whoa, not whoa, every whoa. single person, not every <laughs> single person who's headlining the biggest festivals in this country is the hottest dude I ever seen that works at Chippendales on the side. Like
0: No, most of the dudes are pretty nasty looking dudes, right? No,
1: so I almost feel like, to a degree, yeah, women get talked down to. Yeah, we're not innately involved in that. But I don't think that anyone who's actually killing it—that's a female in this industry right now—is there not based on their own merit. And I, I mean agree. that in the actual I bass music industry, and not I, top forty bullshit. I agree. Bullshit.
0: I agree with you one hundred percent.
1: And I would say that for men too.
0: I agree as well. So. Really, like...
1: It's nice to see that it doesn't have to be a part... It doesn't have to be, like, everything.
0: Yeah, really the people who have sustainable careers in what we do in live music are there because they have genuinely quality live shows and productions.
1: Exactly, and Mm. they've spent time also building relationships with people.
0: No matter what gender you, you identify with or male, female, anything in between or outside...
1: Exactly. And also, here's a little bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to mention this before we go into album of the week.
0: Yeah, because Joel's almost here.
1: (laughs) Of course. Joel, always almost here. All right, and something that I wanted to mention. Christmas is coming up, or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever.
0: I call it the holiday season. (coughs) (coughs)
1: Christmaka. Whatever you want to call it. I just wanted to put out like a little PSA to all the good homies that are listening to this. And and then I wanna I wanna encourage you to tell a friend this too. That when you're looking for gifts this year, mm-hmm. if you're listening to my podcast right now, to me and Pat's podcast, that means you're an artsy fartsy MFer. <laughs> and that means that you probably have an awesome network of super creative people around you. And I just really want to encourage everybody to go buy your friend's art for yeah. gifts. Yeah. You got gifts to buy and stuff. Oh, my gosh. I can't even count the am- amount of amazing things I see on my newsfeed feed on, on a daily basis.
0: There's some really good stuff out there.
1: That's fantastic. And usually it's not that time of year, but it's so much better for you- for you guys to support The homies and your homies and even people that you don't know that are small business owners that are busting their ass to make really cool, unique art. It means so much more to them than you going on to some Vistaprint bullshit awesome prints website and just buying whatever. So go find your homies Etsy, make a status or something and ask your friends to post their links to their awesome art and go peep that stuff out and go buy some of your friends' art for your family because it's so much more heartfelt when you get them something that's one of a kind, right. first of all, and that was made by somebody that you know and that you know that you supported that person at the same time. And um, it means a lot to the person that you supported. It really does. So,
0: it really does. And I'm
1: not saying that for me at all. No. Please don't even go buy anything have of mine. Go buy all my friends' shit.
0: Yep, I will.
1: So yeah, I, have one th-
0: I have one other thing to add to that. Uh, if you are an artsy-fartsy type listening to this podcast and you're a lot like me, you're probably broke. And if you're trying to save money on Christmas gifts, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And all you got to do is bring up politics around the dinner table. And boom, there you go. You just, just saved, saved a bunch, a ton, of money, saved a ton of money on Christmas gifts for your family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so rich. Just bring True. up God or
0: religion and just talk about it. Yeah. Politics,
1: definitely. Yeah, no. There you go. Can relate. Can (laughs) relate.
0: Hey, Joel's here.
1: Hey, Joel. Oh my God, you're early. All right, here you go. Album of the week.
0: Album of the week. Thanks, Joel. All right, see you later, man. Have a good day at work. Cool. I'll start it off. My album of the week is all the way back, way, way back in time. All the way to the year 2013. It is an album called Hire by Dame Funk and Steve Arrington. Dame Funk, I believe I mentioned one of his albums that he did a collab with Snoop Dogg on an album of the week back in the past year at some point called Seven Days of Funk. And if you've ever heard of his music or you listen to that album, You'll know that his vibe as a producer is very 80s R&B, 80s funk. He's a dude kind of like in his 40s, I want to say, or late 30s from L.A. who's kind of doing it old school, kicking it old school with some old school synths, old school uh, type falsetto vocals and that type of stuff. Really cool, really cool sounds like gated drums and that type of thing. And he teamed up in twenty thirteen with a lead vocalist named Steve Errington. And if you're unfamiliar with who Steve Errington is, he was the lead singer of this band from the 70s and early 80s called, called Stranger Things. Slave. Just kidding. Oh, but Steve isn't Harrington. That, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, right. Steve Harrington. Oh, dude.
1: I wonder if they did that on purpose.
0: Ooh, they might have. But Steve Errington lead is funny. singer. That is I feel funny. Like I never they thought do. of that before. But he was the lead singer of this band from band called Slave. And Slave started out as like a funk band, R&B band in the 70s. And I think they had like two or three albums out where they were just kind of like this funky ass, like jam band, kind of along the lines of like Funkadelic. And then like the lead singer wasn't cutting it for some reason. So they, they hired this local guy named Steve Arrington. And he came in and brought him to another level, his production, his vision, and his vocals And they had a lot of classic tracks and classic songs throughout the 80s. So these two guys teaming up together is basically like the dream team of this like 80s funk R&B vibe. And this album, Higher, has 14 tracks, a little under an hour, came out in 2013.
1: And just to remind you guys, every time that we do Album of the Week, you can find a link to me and Pat's suggestions. Courtesy of Pat. Yep. Give him a clap. On the description of our SoundCloud. So if you're ever wondering where the F to find what we're talking about. Yeah,
0: just click on it's it. It's easy
1: peasy. It's in the description of the SoundCloud. Just go click it. Yep.
0: On and, any and single episode you've yeah. heard so far, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. And they...
1: We keep forgetting to mention that to everybody. So yeah. So I just wanted to time. let you guys know.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so that's my album of the week. And I think they actually did a follow-up album where they just had the instrumentals. So for all the producer types out there who are looking to do some cool uh, sampling, and find some hidden gems. All the instrumentals are available out there as well.
1: Dang. Yeah. You know what? Really tangentially, real quick. Yeah. Today is the 10th anniversary of Morgan Page's song, The Longest Road, Okay. featuring Lissy, uh-huh. which was one of his biggest songs of all time. I mean, anybody who's been listening to electronic music for, I mean, about a decade... Has heard that song in five hundred different remixes of it. Right. It was probably one of the first songs I ever heard as an an aspiring electronic artist. And he partnered with Splice this week to do an official remix contest. Really? Yeah. And I being that it's one of my OG inspirational jams. I think I'm gonna enter it. So do it. You guys should go check it out and download the stems if you're if you're a producer and you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an album? I do. Well, what do you got? Okay, so my album of the week is, he was actually just here last weekend. I and mean, I wasn't able to go see him, unfortunately. I had different obligation. Ooh, who was but, it? Uh, Masigo. And I think most people would know that name from the extremely viral live video that he did in Paris Red Bull Studios with FKJ. And they actually, it was a live performance that people loved so much that they decided to just pull the entire recording and put it out for download. And it's called Tadao and everybody, ta Oh, like,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that that's exactly. Okay. All I have yeah, to do yeah, is yeah. that, and people know what it is. Masigo just put out a new album uh, a couple months ago, and it was his first album of this year. It's the first one I've heard since, I want to say, like the fall of last year. But he does a lot of little, like, noodle stuff with FKJ, and he's out of Virginia, and he just put out this new album called Lady Lady. And it's very R&B soul But in almost a very French way, Mm -hmm. and he plays the sax obviously throughout. He calls himself um, trap house jazz. Okay. But and you know I I'd say that's pseudo correct of a description. It's very like kind of red carpet French R&B stuff. But my favorite track off of it is called Old Lady, and it's (laughs) amazing. It's this great track that it's. A fantastically composed track, like just to begin with, but the subject matter of it makes it like 20 times better because his whole spiel about it is that wise men said age don't or age ain't nothing but a number. Right. And his she's even got that arch in her back and like hilarious (laughs) shit like that where he just talks about how he needs a I need a sugar mama. Old lady, fancy mama, sophisticated. And that's his whole shtick, is that he needs <laughs> this, like, fucking sugar mama. And it's fantastic. Hey,
0: we all do. Yeah, we all do. So
1: uh, you guys should go check that out. Masego, it's <laughs> Yeah. Masego. Go check him out if you haven't heard of the Tadow yeah. thing with FKJ already. If you haven't heard of FKJ, then get the fuck off my podcast. Fuck well, I'm just here. kidding. Go look up FKJ, too. Yeah, you should. So, yeah. That... Um, That is my album of the week.
0: What's it called again?
1: It's called Lady Lady.
0: Lady Lady. Yeah. All right, cool.
1: We are super stoked to have Charles and Zach, MZG, a.k.a. Monozygotic, because they're identical twins. Monozygotic. I can't say that word. These dudes are awesome. Go listen to their music right now and listen to our interview with them right now. Our first guest tonight is introducing special guests. Let's do this. You're listening to Green Room Podcast.
3: Hey, this is MZG, and you are listening to the Green Room Podcast.
1: GRP here. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is the coolest set of twins I've ever met in my life. We're getting to hang out right now with MZG, which stands for, Pat, listen to this, monozygotic. Okay. You get it right next time. Okay. And okay. anyway, they're fucking awesome. I met them, I think the first time we were both over at Kevin Donahue's it? house of Sun Squabby. Yeah. No, we, no, no, I met yeah, y'all right. at hey, Kevin Donahue's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, were right doing a that. crawfish boil in Denver with Zugma, and I just yeah, happened to fly God. in and hit up Matt Harris, and he's like, come eat crawfish, and I was like, I don't know how, and he's like, I'll teach you, and really? then how much, I met Quinn. <laughs>
0: how many crawfish?
1: Huh? How, how many crawfish, crawfish did I eat?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know, but Brock, it was really what, funny like watching pounds? this really hot Jeez. chick take a huge bite out of it of a potato. <laughs> there was a full potato uh, on the table. That and good. And this bitch just grabs it and just takes... I, I'm like, just she's just like, like, no one's paying attention to her. She just like takes a huge bite out of a full potato. Huh. Yeah. like, uh, the, uh, Do you see Justin Bieber eating that burrito <laughs> sideways recently? Yeah, what was he doing? I think I would do that just to fuck with people too. If I was like so famous that everyone was taking pictures of me all the time. Like that Nick Swardson bit where he's like, I can't wait to get old so I can send... Like at Christmas, I can give people a present and it can be just like a poop in a box. Yeah. And they'll yeah. be like, oh, oh, grandpa, he's so old. <laughs> he doesn't realize what he's doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, tangent, tangent, tangent. Yeah. So anyway. We met at a yeah. crawfish
3: boil. It was lovely. And then yeah, we it was proceeded sick. to have fun at other events such as Wave Spell.
1: Yeah, dude. Wave Spell was so sick. That was the that was first fun. time I got to see you guys play, actually. Mm-hmm. So.
3: And it sounds
0: like they're mm-hmm. doing it next year, too, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe I can go That's this it. time.
1: Uh, hopefully, yeah. I can go this time. <laughs> hopefully, we can all go again. Yeah, Yeah, they had a yeah, kick-ass RV there. But anyway, so yeah, y'all make like this really cool, I don't know. It reminds me in a really great way of Lindsay Lowend, but like a little less <laughs> avant-garde and more palatable, you know? I don't know. Oh, true, right. true. You know, it's like a more palatable Lindsay Low end that's actually like arranged and like I don't know. I really dig it, and you would sample lots of dope ass hip hop stuff, yeah. old school stuff. That's my jam.
3: Yeah. So I tell us to about the your EP thing. Through like five times. I mean, it's it, awesome. like as far as the sounds describe, I say it's you know boom bat type beats, like Jay Dilla like swung type beats, but with like an electronic sound palette. That's I don't know, exciting and high energy. If, like, that's and it kind of fucking the way bangs. I would ever describe it. Y'all's you drums know? are crazy. Yeah. yeah. The bass sounds great on it too. Yeah. Really for clean. Real. Mm-hmm. I think
1: my Appreciate favorite that. track Appreciate of that, your y'all. your guys recently is Firebird. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. you like Firebird. No, yeah, that, that one was um that, that was an interesting tune. We actually wrote that like half time at like one oh five. So we wrote it at fifty two fifty BPM. Whoa, what? It's really weird. Oh, Not, like gosh, odd little uh, odd BPM to write a track at in my in, in my opinion. But um Ended up turning out fire, so we.
1: Yeah, I love like jazziness and like. Pack. Yeah, it's it's awesome. That was the first. That was the first EP I think I heard from beef. you guys. So, mm-hmm. super sick. And then yeah. you just put out the Buddy System. Buddy System.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We put out Buddy Great System. Great name by, by the way. A uh, five-track EP and. Uh, Kind of you know similar towards what, like what I was describing like you know boom bat beats um you know swung to, swung rhythms with uh, an electronic sound palette that's you know exciting and high energy for sure like uh um like swung swung ended up being one of my favorite ones out, out of the holy beats definitely got a lot of uh I don't know I think we put a decent amount of sauce on that one to really I guess you know c- create the element of uh, solid bass music like when you're listening to it. Definitely, yeah, I definitely listened, dig it. Were my favorites. What,
1: what do you guys uh, produce at like a common tempo? Do you find yourself in the same range, or do you, are you all over the place, or
4: the '90s for sure? That's um, what
1: I was kind of like feeling in the, the same way. Yeah,
4: yeah, kind
3: of in the 90 BPM range, and then um,
4: 140,
3: 140s, and stuff like that. Um, like, like maybe like 138s or anything like like a little bit slower.
1: Cool.
4: Um, Predominantly that though.
1: Yeah. Well, that definitely suits re- the 808 sound that you guys go for, so.
4: Yeah.
3: For sure. There's, um, like, that, that, that type of BPM just kind of caters towards that type of sound. And yeah,
1: definitely. Right. How did you guys, like, find yourself doing, like, starting to merge hip-hop and bass music, and, like, when did you realize you wanted to start merge? I'm sure. I started out in hip-hop, and then I realized mm-hmm. that, A, I was a white chick, so that was going to be a whole other <laughs> thing, and then, B... Uh, that- <laughs> Like electronic music yeah. was really appealing to me at the time, and I was like, "Well, fuck it, let's just put them together." So, how did you guys like get there?
4: Gosh, we just liked hip hop for a long time. We listened to a lot of like Three Six Mafia <coughs> growing up. I, I learned about Little um, Wayne. You know,
3: I learned about Jurassic Five playing this video game, Jet Grind Radio on Dreamcast. No way! And I heard Dude, uh, I heard,
2: yeah, heard what's Golden Improvise? on
3: Fuse. Uh, oh, true. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like so once I heard Jurassic Five, uh, that kind of I don't know. I just, like, it was the first, like, hip-hop song when I was, like, 11 or 12. I'm like, I need to find this song. And I you know, figured out who Jurassic 5 was. And then kind of just started my love for hip-hop from there, just playing video games, oddly enough. So.
1: That's <laughs> but, crazy. Um,
3: like, like, like like that's where it kind of, like, started. And then um, when I was about, like, 15 or 16, I I started to, like, you know, get a little more deeper into, like, electri- like tr- electronic music and then realized there was kind of, like, a... A marriage between the two, with you know specific um, specific artists, and uh, I kind of just took the like my love for Jurassic Five, the Roots, and all that, like and the the rhythms that they introduced to me, and then I took the sound palette of like Boys Noise and like A Track and things like that, or and artists like that, and kind of tried to you know mesh the two together, like my two favorite parts of music, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. So there are obviously two of you, and neither of nobody's going to know who's talking here, really. But um, right. do you, do want you me, guys like, want to talk about other? introduce yourselves and talk a little bit okay. about your role and if if it's any if you guys do the same thing pretty much and both handle all the responsibilities or how do you guys really mm-hmm. delegate that?
3: It's it's.
2: So it, who's it, like, talking? <laughs> this
3: is Charles speaking. As far as Yo, like the the the, the separation. As far as the separation between, you know, the workflow, and it, it ends up being pretty 50-50 creatively. You know, e- each one of us has our own strengths that we like to, you know, highlight in the, you know, production um, process. So,
1: What's your, really... like, writing process? Do you guys do, like, hot seat? Or does one of you start something and then...
3: Yeah, I mean, we, we both have laptops, and we'll, we'll, like, break off, start ideas on our own, and then bring it to the table type of thing, you know? So, <clears throat> like, if... I have a hot beat or something that I've started. I'll come and like show Zach and be like, hey, this is what I got. And then he'll be like, okay, cool. Let's go in the studio with it. And we'll go in the studio with it. And then, you know, ideas just start flowing from there. But it usually most of the time starts out with a drum beat and then works towards a bass and then harmonies and melodies from there.
1: For sure. Yeah. Okay, weird question. Oh, actually. So go ahead, Zach, my bad.
4: Oh, I was going to say Zach speaking here. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I, I personally, not personally, but we we both handle a decent amount of the mixing side, but I've definitely done a lot of the mixing and mastering of our tracks and really that's focused awesome. a lot of my time it's and energy on suit. that side of the thing awesome. to sort of, uh, make it translate across all platforms.
0: Yeah, it sounds great. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, well, man.
1: That's what I was going to ask. So I always find this an interesting question. You say you start with the drums every time. Do you guys start producing the drop or do you start like with the intro? Pretty, yeah, I, I would both? say the
4: drop or just yeah. the, the hook for sure. And the then hook? the intro okay. and everything is kind of built around that, you know? Yeah. See, and I'm a, like you a, a person that
1: used to start the spark, You know,
4: definitely want
3: to create yeah. like the, 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 the big moment.
4: Me, Megan, you said first. you start at the beginning?
1: Yeah, and and I think that's a large reason why a lot of my shit comes out so much more chill than I wish it would, because like, right, I start from nothing, you know, and then I don't know, then I'm trying to build the energy, and then it gets into this groovy spot that I'm stoked on, but then before I know it, like, there's no way it's going to be a banger. Yeah, how can so, you? So yeah, I tried. I've tried to a couple times it, yeah. to start with the drop to see if that helps me be able to make like a more bass focused kind of track, and it actually really does. So that's kind yeah. of, Stru- I'm I mean, trying to make a banger,
3: I'll start with the drop now. Mm-hmm. 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 But, but yeah, f- focusing a lot of like the initial, you know, creative energy that you get, you know, I mean, you, you know how fragile it is like, and how like it, it starts off, you know, a lot and then like, you kind of have to work with it throughout the time. So when you really kind of put a lot of that initial creative energy on the, the part that you want to, you know, be the most exciting. Then the tr- I think overall the track it'll translate to the track itself, and that track will be exciting, you know,
0: yeah for sure right yeah
3: it's I
0: always find it tough like if, if I'm messing around and making something which I probably will never release. <laughs> it's the exact same way because i Megan, I'll do it like you where I'll start with like uh maybe like a verse or something or just kind of like a progression, and then it's like how do I get it to go where I want it to go in my head. And then after an hour of listening to that same progression on a loop and like adding different drum bits and pieces here and there, I lost all concept of what I even had in my head,
3: you know, and then <coughs> like Definitely you
1: guys said, we've all been kind sword. Out. Yeah. Sometimes it's, that brings me to I mean, like, the best spot. Yeah.
3: Creativity is a very fragile energy, you know, like, and when, 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 it's like, you know, birthing in you, like you need to like seize the moment, like almost immediately or else right. you'll literally like something'll happen, someone'll text you, your, your mom will call or something like that. And the next thing you know, like whatever sweet hot idea you had flowing through your head is now like vanished.
1: And that's it why I, I was talking about back, last week right. on that podcast with Flaming Ghosts about about how like JP, the this guy that we know who teaches at an electronic music production school here in Minneapolis, he's a huge proprietor of just like keeping your workflow going, not mixing while you're working, and just keeping, you know, your creative process flowing so you can get out what you were thinking before you ruin it by overthinking little details and stuff like that. And I struggle with that for sure because I want to mix as I go. It kind of drives me fucking Mm -hmm. insane actually, but anyway.
4: (laughs) yeah, Modeling modeling, uh, your tracks after some of your favorite tracks has helped us a lot too. There's like starts and stops that you'll hear you know, like some of your favorite producers, like when they when they play out like that, that yeah, totally I think will save a lot of time and energy, creative energy, because sometimes you have something great, but you just don't know where to go with it. You know, so you right. can kind of just model right. like uh, the composition of other people's tracks. Yeah, that we actually have in a just club environment. About Megan this and I too. were just talking about this yeah. like
0: I just did that with the, the new Grizz track, one of the new Grizz tracks that just came out the other mm-hmm. day and I realized something. By doing that, I was like, man, he, his arrangements are kind of goofy.
1: They are, but you it's know? nice to be able to A B those things. I really like to do that kind of process when I'm in a rut.
2: Yeah,
1: like if I'm having totally. a really, yeah. like exactly what you're saying, if I don't know where to the fuck to go with something, I'll just A B right. something with a de- with a dope ass mm-hmm. track and just try to pull some inspiration from that, from the arrangement or structure, sound design or like whatever the fuck it is. That's what we. Me. That's
4: what we do with like uh, with mixing and mastering our songs too. We just. AB are some tracks that we up track that we would play after it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, sure. like, yeah. if we were DJing it together, you know, we make sure that that has the same loudness, same impact. And you can do that same thing with like the structure of the song, too. It's not like you're not stealing away from it. You're just making sure that it, it, it bangs, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I and, always and, struggle in, when, in that
3: process. Like, oh, no, my bad. You, you can go ahead. No, no, no. Please go. Go ahead. Okay, no, it, it just in the, in that process, you get better, like, at handling those, there's, like, rut-type areas, and so, like, the more you do that, the better you kind of, like, find yourself in that regard, you know, like, in making or arranging tracks or anything like that. It's, it's all about kind of, like, I guess, finding your weaknesses and just making them strengths over time, you know, like, if you're not that great at arranging, like reference some other people's arrangements and see what they do. And like over, over that course of time, if, you know, learning is a thing with you, like you'll become better, you know, like if you know. learning is a thing. <laughs> if, if you're paying <laughs> attention. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah, there's no producers out there that want to learn new tricks. Everybody's really content. Um, I feel like I get stuck in
1: that sometimes. Like I'll get comfortable with like the plugins I'm using and shit. And then, then I don't want to learn anything new for a while.
4: Yeah. I'll, like kick That's fine though. Later, the plugin, but... the, the plugin, like, I feel like it's almost like a conspiracy with like this search for like the best plugin. I
1: know dude. You
4: know really um, I know I know so many producers that use stock Ableton plugins and they crush they're crushing, you know. So if you Same. if you're good at using tools My only plugin tools, is Serum. That's great. No, that's <laughs> awesome. If that's if that's what you're you're killing, then stay on that cuz as
3: long as that works for you, you know.
4: Plus there's just such a there's such an online like like database for such for really cool patches, and you get to like you know reverse engineer those patches and learn how to make all those cool sounds, you know. Right. So that's why I love about Serum. It's just very user-friendly and there's so many people that use it for sure that's
3: just i love serum and well I, but i'm resourced. also a huge
1: fan of just resampling when i'm doing sound design totally like i'd almost just prefer to pull out of like a vengeance pack from like electro house 2012 progressive players <laughs> yeah. and then just the like fuck the shit sure. out of an audio sample until it sounds weird as mm-hmm. shit and then use yeah. that and that's I, what i was that's, doing that's before i bought a plugin. i don't yeah. know how, how else that's kind of what it. i
4: got into <laughs> I got into Reddit in 2015, and I found some great subreddits. that Free sounds? Uh, uh, free sounds, free drum sounds, like banging-ass oh, drum, drum sounds. sounds. There's just one subreddit called Drum Kits, just Ooh, r slash really? drum kits. We're both Redditors, and so we're like, jizzing all, all
1: over right now. Hold on, hold on. Let me get my phone.
4: I'm making notes here. <laughs> <out there. laughs> no, it's great. I swear. I have, I have an infinite amount of drum samples now because of this one subreddit, and they give it away for free, Damn. and it's constantly updated live like people post new stuff every day and the only the only taxing part is sorting through all of it you know because I, I have sure. plenty of drum samples on my computer that i will never use
2: <laughs> yeah Dude, you should so. totally
1: post this because i saw this post on our all one time of somebody mocking all the posts on our new and it was just like a person okay. in this giant <laughs> landfill and they had like one of those like trash picker upper claws and they were just like picking up one piece of trash at a time like looking through it.
2: Yeah.
0: I have you guys uh is that so what's that subreddit called? Drum kits?
4: Drum kits, yeah. Sweet. Um, have you and have you heard of synth recipes? It's predominantly recipes? drums. <laughs> Excuse me?
0: Synth recipes.
4: <laughs> I've never heard of that one. <laughs> this
1: is such a fucking rabbit uh, hole right now, dude.
0: <laughs> it's uh it's pretty cool. So people <laughs> will post <laughs> a song and they'll be real. like <laughs> you know, the, the people will post a song and it'll be like, yo, how'd I get you know, how do they make this patch coming in at like a minute 19 and then people will chime in on like, here's how you would make it with like Serum. Here's how I would make it with Massive or something like that.
4: No, I'd say Reddit. I, I have to hand it to Reddit. That's how I became and Charles and I became better engineers is simply by just digging through and experimenting with all these uh, um, ideas that people had on the Internet. That, that sort of changed our game in a way yeah. than most other websites, you know. Dude,
3: a lot
1: Reddit, of great information it's on Reddit. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, we are like. I think fifty percent of the words that come out of my mouth are like, "Well, today on Reddit, I saw this. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, literally,
0: like, everybody <laughs> uh, wants to kill me all yeah, the time." I'm Megan's like, like well, a, "Get on fucking yeah, no. Reddit, then." Megan would be like, uh, "She's the human. She's a human version of a repost."
2: <laughs> you know what, Pat? Good. yo,
4: I love Reddit. I have, I have nothing. I have nothing but good things to say about that website i feel like it's one of the only websites on the internet where i'm not wasting my time
1: okay here's a really great
4: redditor question
1: okay what is the first thing that made you sign in and make an account on reddit
2: uh
3: my ex-girlfriend on the the real
1: (laughs) oh really she just was like make an account bitch
3: (laughs) like no like was like you're you're dumb you should be on reddit if you like the
4: internet so much
1: i say that to like everyone i meet (laughs)
4: But yeah, <laughs> mine, m- mine was just like, I was just researching production advice. And then I came across this great subreddit. It's like EDM production that helped, helped a lot. And then I was like, Oh, I need to make an account. So then I started digging around and then I got it on my phone. And then I was like, Oh wow. These, all these awesome subreddits like interesting as fuck. That's a yeah. great subreddit. If you're like trying to find stuff that's like interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> learned how to use it. And it's a good one. Nature's yeah, fucking it- lit is also a good one. <laughs> What's what's I some other so dank memes? Sub- that, if you're a, memes. if you have a dark side, dank memes is definitely yeah where it's at. I don't I, know what like. like it I only understand memes. about yeah.
0: <laughs> two thirds of those memes though. Like I'm, I don't get some of them.
4: Yeah, like, I mean, me, you it have it was, to be like in that internet culture to get them. Like you literally have to be yeah. like a rabbit, a rabbit Reddit rabbit holer.
0: <laughs> yeah, because like so, they'll like come up so fast, and it'll be like just something that happened twelve hours ago, and people like. Was for sure, an I think learning how
4: to sort it. on Reddit helped me a lot. You know, yeah, we, like go sure. to like different subreddits. Like that's how I like found like some of the best drum kits. Was I like, went on drum kits and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to top posts of all time. You know, and there that's it was. Emo, there it was the most, down- the most the <laughs> most downloaded, the most downloaded drum kit. And that, there's a reason why it's the most downloaded drum kit because it's badass. You know, right?
0: For so me, my uh, my story is a little bit weaker. And how I got into Reddit—it's pretty basic. My roommate w- just kept talking about Reddit, and I'm like, finally, okay. I just I created an account and signed in, and I'm like, what are some good ones? And he's like, just click on the standard ones. So I started with A, and it was Advice Animals, and I got locked into Advice Animals for like two weeks. I would just get <laughs> I've never stoned. heard of Advice <laughs> Animals. Like just, and just keep going for like hours. <laughs>
1: <It's> so ridiculous. <laughs> I know, Pat. It's so
0: stupid. Advice okay, Animals, what's mind? that all about? Advice Animals is just like it's it's like memes but there's like an animal like okay. each animal uh, picture <laughs> in the background kind of has its own like situation you would use it for and I mm-hmm. don't know the good ones are good but there's a lot of shit on there. there's a lot of just dumb shit and it's gotten yeah, worse and worse over time. Yeah. yeah
2: for sure
1: That's awesome. my first thing that but made yes. me sign in was this stupid fucking like illustration and it's these two <laughs> see I still think it's so fucking funny <laughs> Holy shit, I'll never get this oh out, baby. <laughs> it's these two fucking hairless cats standing next to each other. And one has like this Cleopatra wig on and is saying to the other one, "Is like, ew, are you one of those hairless cats? And the other one's like, shut up, Charles. Everyone knows you wear a wig. <laughs> and I thought it
2: was <laughs> so
1: funny that I was like, I have to upvote it. That's and great. I clicked upvote and it was like, you have to have an account. And I was like, well, fuck yeah. <laughs> I like signed in immediately just so that I could upvote like this stupid getting cat account. meme
4: that's that's awesome
1: <laughs> so dumb but yeah dude, o- overall
4: okay. reddit has definitely
3: like helped us develop our sounds you know gather drum samples you know s- like sound packs things like that it's just a well of information that has really helped like mzg like as like who we are like sound like we are today
2: that's
1: dope Hell dude. Yeah. i love reddit and last thing i'm going to say about it my favorite subreddit is that one with it's like a super long acronym it's like U-N-B-G-B-B-I-I-V-C-H-I-D-C-T-I-I-C-B-G And the whole thing stands for Upvoted not because girl But because it is very cool However, do concede that I initially clicked because girl <laughs>
4: <laughs> Wow <laughs> That's <a great> <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll see like check. a hot chick And I'm like, I don't even care if the video is going to be cool I'll click on it And then she'll do something super dope But then I'm like, yeah, I did click it Because you looked hot
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no doubt Damn <laughs> All suckers for it sometimes, you know.
1: So, everybody get on Reddit. <laughs> Bitches.
3: Everyone's good on Reddit. Yeah. <clears throat> moral of the story Reddit can definitely help you out if you search hard enough.
1: Okay, <laughs> so, so I had a question for you guys. How did you decide to make music together? Yeah,
2: good question. Mm, well, like, uh, what, you know, initially if I did it was my sibling, was, I would
1: punch him in the neck. So,
3: so initially like we did separate projects. Zach started playing in his band Greenhouse Lounge early on in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. And it was, you know, kind of like just a project amongst homies and they were just like torn around the southeast. And then it became a thing. And in the midst of, you know, him doing um doing the band thing, I started doing the producer thing and I started producing under this the alias Sir Charles as like just solo and kind of tried to work my way up the ladder in the Southeast region and stuff like that. And then that sort of kind of became a thing. And then like, you know, over the course of, you know, our initial projects and stuff like that, we would, you know, run into certain problems or, you know, there would just be like, you know, bit like, like barriers we don't, we'd all have to cross. And it, it got down to a point where, you know, we both kind of hit a wall with these projects, like both greenhouse lounge and Sir Charles And once, you know, Greenhouse Lounge broke up and I was kind of like, you know, not not like like a rut, but I was just kind of like in like a valley of like, you know, where I was at before. And we just kind of like looked at each other and said, well, I think with all the experience we've gained over the past, I don't know, like six, seven years, we've, you know, I think it's time to finally, you know, team up and take, you know, the... The you know like the skills he 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 you know gained is through a band and the skills I gained as a solo DJ and kind of make a project on our own. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it, it wasn't anything like uh, initially like we're, oh we're twins let's do this together right now. It was kind of like
2: right weird. right oh, went, through the, went through the ringer so, on our
3: own. Are
0: and you guys came are together. you guys from the southeast then? You mentioned the southeast a few times. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're from Florida.
3: Oh. Okay. That.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What, so what brought you out to Denver? How long have you guys been out there?
3: Um, I think eight months now. Yeah, we've been out here about eight months. Um, and what brought us out here to Denver, we um, we linked up with our good friend, Whit Hawkins. He started to branch off from what he was doing and started creating a management company. And he took us on as clients. And we were initially going to be moving to Los Angeles. And on a phone conversation, you know, like when he was saying, okay, where are you guys going to go? We're like, we're going to Los Angeles. Or, or, you know, but we were also thinking about Denver. And he's like, well i live in fort collins so i'm gonna sit here and like say like i'm definitely partial to denver but y'all do what you want to do so Mm -hmm. then we you know initially um like kind of thought about it you know sat and pondered and then one of our friends hooked us up with a um, really awesome dude that would you know let us stay for you know a few months at a spot to you know get our feet yeah or you you know just like kind of get situated and now after eight months we've finally got it figured out we got a nice spot here in the mountains and uh Colorado's been treating us really well.
0: It's great and handling the uh, the snow and the weather. Being from the south,
4: yeah, you guys, are yeah, I've never, we've never really been big complainers of weather. I, if, if whatever's whatever's there, it's there, yeah. uh, we'll deal yeah. with it, you know. Mm, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, going sure. from,
3: I, I think the one thing, like the altitude, is definitely a thing. Yeah, it was, definitely. It like
4: took a second to adjust,
3: but no,
1: for we're real, good. dude, my, I can't like go up the stairs thing. up there without running out of breath.
4: No for real Even when I'm like Laying down Watching TV I'm just like (sighs) (laughs)
3: Even even when I'm
4: Being lazy Even when I'm being lazy (laughs) It takes a lot out of me To be lazy When we
1: were up there Last time Our freaking saxophone player Was just like Religiously carrying around Those oxygen like um, oh, yeah. You know, I the think aerosol those are tanks that you can just no, like no. huff on oxygen. And he would like start to freak himself out and be like, ah, I can't breathe, you guys. I can't. And then he'd like take oh, a God. little puff of the that little was the can thing, thing and he'd act I've like he seen. was fine again. It was so placebo hilarious. I just think Charles, he wanted to feel like Charles he was played
4: in something. Frisco. Charles Charles played a whole set in Frisco with the oxygen tank on.
3: <laughs> like, it, it was literally right next to me. It was, like, this whole oxygen tank. And, like, when, whenever I got too winded, I was, like, bent down. I'm just like. <sighs> <laughs> All right.
1: That's Smash. absolutely hilarious.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> great Uncle Al is DJing tonight. You when you're a celebrity,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you get an oxygen tank on stage with you when yeah, you play in sure. high altitudes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, for
3: sure. But yeah, okay. I, I mean, it's it, it's, it, it's weird, you know. Kind of like catches you off guard. You don't realize, you know, how high up you are, and mm-hmm. you know, if you if you're not ready for it, or if you haven't drinking enough water, or,
1: or drinking whatever it might be,
3: talking like, about that's like, drinking. Or, oh, oh, that's oh what's get, that's what gets me. Two get tequila shots is like drunk. eight Xanax bars. <laughs> it's oh my god! <laughs> 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 it's like next thing you know, you're like, whoa, well, I'm uh, yeah, is, dude. This is, this is yeah. every this time is me I walking out of go there, I forget.
1: <laughs> and I drink like three IPAs and I'm frigged up. I'm like, what the fuck, you guys?
2: Yeah.
3: That's the yeah, only time I sure. notice it is like just no, drinking. Yeah, when you're drinking for sure. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden things you, you get can't, out of control can't drink like way. you drink in the south up in the, up in the mountains. I'll tell you what
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can try.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: So,
4: hey, are I you guys try. producing
0: in Ableton or are you guys using another DAW or what do you use? All Ableton. Ableton all the way. Right on. Do you guys start in the session view or do you just jump right into an arrangement view and start building?
4: Uh, definitely an arrangement. We used to be session view dudes and then we we're like, dang, you know what? We just need to lay it out. You know, yeah. you get caught, sometimes you get caught in the loop. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And uh, then, then there's a bunch of copying and pasting and then you could just start the loop in the arrangement view. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like I can copy, I can duplicate my entire loop now, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, wow, now I'm like almost a minute into this track. You're like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, This is actually becoming a song. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've asked this definitely.
1: Can we speak English, Go you guys? Ahead. Okay. I what? use logic.
4: Oh, you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
1: Just kidding. You use,
4: wait, I thought you used
3: Ableton. No,
1: I use Logic, dude. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
4: <laughs> oh, okay. But it's very it's, it's interesting, sim- interesting I mean, to listen to. If so. you hit X, you know how you hit X, the X button, and Logic goes from the you know uh, fader view to the to like the layout view. Yeah. That's what we're talking. It's oh, basically okay. that. Yeah.
1: I heard if you hit Alt F4, you can just okay. immediately complete the song.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Good one. laughs>
1: oh my god, that's Good some joke. old school bullshit that I used to pull on Starcraft.
0: Dude, somebody pulled my friend. Pulled be playing that on with you. a plebe,
1: and I'd be like, "Hey, dude, if you click Alt F4, you can like get free gold for, or free, whatever dude. minerals for like a thousand minerals or whatever." And then so and so has left the game, and I would feel so code. accomplished.
0: Dude, my friend did that to me in eighth grade. We were playing this game online, and he's like. I'm like, how do you do this? He's like, alt F4. And I did it. And just like totally <laughs> shut down the shut program. shut your whole
2: program down. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, God damn do it. So I was <laughs> like, he
0: was a troll. Yeah, he just Toiled totally told me. I come back like 20 minutes later because it's like when internet connection was super slow. <laughs> and he's just like dying on there.
1: Dude, that shit would slay <laughs> me. Uh, anyway, additional pylons yeah, yeah, required. Use, we use
3: Ableton and kind of, kind of start in the arrangement view. And that also helps us. Like you know, Like, you know how you can take it off the grid? Like... Yeah. Like a range of view. It kind of helps us like just situate our drums, like right. Oh, so you can kind
0: of swing your own drums instead of like making a Mm -hmm. a groove template.
3: That's just the way we like to do it. You know, we kind of just have like separate audio tracks for each drum, like like or like for the kick for the snare, you
4: know. You'd think we use groove pulls, but we don't really use groove pulls too much. Use like a lot of track delay to get Mm -hmm. swing and stuff. Oh, okay. Especially on high. Do you ever
0: feel limited? if you're doing separate tracks for separate drum hits, whereas you could just use like a drum uh, rack
4: and swap out the hits later on,
2: or do you, know, you like that? Maybe, you that know, you're limited?
4: after or in over time, kind of like found kicks and snares that just work no matter what the track is. Yeah. So we pretty much have a go-to kick and a go-to snare snares get uh, cycled through, but definitely the kicks stay the same. So, I mean, we've, we don't really like to cycle through too much using drum racks. We used to use drum racks a lot, but then we're like, let's just drop the audio in Mm -hmm. and make it like a full, like, you know, unadulterated, like no MIDI, just straight audio. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely some cool things you can do with a drum rack, not like knocking it by any means. So far, just with with, with our production, it, it helps us just to be able to like have a specific audio track for the kick and the snare and we can like really, I don't know, just doll each one up in its own way and then if we want to kind of have like a drum rack feel we can just group it and do things like from there
0: (laughs) yeah for sure for sure it's funny though like talking about this because i i want to say like hmm maybe 100 percent of the people i've asked this question to in the past couple years asking if they work in session or a range view it's all a range view and it's like yeah some people might do session view just to get like the basic idea, just like a basic loop down, but then they instantly go into arrangement view. And a couple of years yeah, ago, yeah, if you sometimes. like, you like, I, I know there's that mentality out there, like where you can create scenes in your arrangement view and then people will play the scenes or I, I'm sorry, into session view and people will play the scenes in, mm-hmm. into arrangement view, like record it and then, you know, go and edit it further. But I've never talked to anybody who actually does that.
3: Yeah. I I used to do that like um I took a, a, a Berkeley online music class. This is Charles speaking, by the way. I took a Berkeley online music class when I really wanted to kinda just like jumpstart my Ableton like production knowledge. And like the entire thing, like like the final project was that, like, you know, playing scenes and um in session view and stuff like that and like learning all the tricks on how to like take the session view and just you can you can like actually just drag and drop it into a range of view and it becomes like, I don't know interchangeable from that from that point on. But it's it's definitely something that I've done before with an APC40 and, like, you know, play scenes and, like, you know, take things in, take things out and, like, live production set kind of type deal. Mm. It's, pretty, it's pretty cool. But it's I feel like it's not, like, a... It's not something a lot of people do a lot anymore or anything like that. Right.
0: I feel like it might cater to uh, different genres, like, more, like, house and tech house or, like, techno and that type of stuff when you're just adding sure. different sure. subtle elements, you know, like, maybe, like, a hi-hat. Right. Or a, a background mm-hmm. clap, like mix way low or something like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Any kind of texture you might want to add. Or yeah, like. yeah, like that type of stuff. But anyway, that's cool. Yeah, so when you guys, when you you mentioned earlier, like you got an idea, you bring it to the table. And then if it's like a hot beat, you'll say, well, let's take it into the studio. Is that studio like, do you guys have a bedroom studio here? Or do you actually go to a physical location and just
2: lock no, we
4: have a we have an actual studio, like an uh, allocated room for okay, it. Right. On. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. But, then, uh, sometimes, you know, you can just get locked in in the headphones, make something cool, you know, for sure. Yeah. And then if it's, if there's a nod of approval you go in and you send it.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> I mean, the, the, this, we, we do have like this, the studio and it like, we treat it as like a, you know, conference room where like ideas are put down and a lot of work is done. And, you know, The overall, you know, creative process together really does, like, we do like to have it in in the studio, like, where, you know, we can talk and discuss and, you know, um, all all the things that come with, you know, creating and stuff like that happen in the studio for us. Yeah, for
0: sure. I noticed, like, in a lot of guys' music, especially the newer stuff, you used a good term earlier, sound palette. Mm -hmm. It's more futuristic. I don't want to really say that word to sound like genre (laughs) of future music, but... You know what I mean? It's a little bit more modern and like you said, like EDM ish. Uh, is there? Do you guys have now like a bunch of sounds or patches now that you have as like a go to? Like this is kind of our sound type of a thing, or are you
3: kind of always searching for new ones?
4: Yes and no. Yeah. You know,
3: we, we we have the sound like the sound like you the, the presets laid out now currently, especially with with our twin packs on like on SoundCloud like Firebird, Cashy mm-hmm. Clay. And then Facebound and Gooseneck. Those have been like those kind of like initial tracks that we have, you know, considered like our sound that we're going for or the sound that we like to use. But like each time we try and make a new track, Mm -hmm. we try and like keep that as like a, okay, let's stay in that area, but let's try and find something that'll like, you know, push the mold a little bit
4: further. Yeah. Like the drums, I feel like will always stay very consistent in our sound palette. I think that's what. If you listen to us, you'll be like, "Oh, that's MZG based off of the drums and like definitely the sounds." But I'd say predominantly more as far as sound design goes, the drums will always stay pretty consistent. Yeah, we use very similar plugins every single time to make our drums, mm-hmm. especially with our hi hats and such. Yeah, for but sure. With, and I you know, think the that's the a good thing the too. That's totally.
3: Yeah, it's with, with basis and, and sense. It's definitely something that uh, we always try and uh, keep it in the same realm but also like push further in that realm to, you know, go deeper into, you know, where we've kind of like put it, put ourselves. So
0: for sure, I think that can be one of the most challenging parts, at least for me of like trying to write a track is to get a really nice bass sound that you're after. Cause there's so many great like bass patches that are out there for sure. But I always feel like Mm -hmm. there's always something not quite right about it. Even if I can get to somewhere, I'm like, I like this, but I like about 75% of how it sounds, you know? No, that's always yeah. for me that's always like a
3: challenge that's always the most challenging part
1: so what do you guys have coming yeah. up here like for releases and stuff that you're stoked about
3: we' are gonna we're gonna be releasing a mix um very soon it's gonna be um well, I, on soundcloud I don't, I don't know if you guys have looked we we have um a lot of mixes that have been they're like kind of in a the, the motif of sauce so we've we've kind of found like specific sauces that we enjoy and kind of just modeled the you know, the art off of that sauce. And I don't know, you know, you know how people say like, oh, does like, does it have the sauce or like, is it it that sauce? Like, or is it saucy? Like, that's kind of where we want, like, I don't know, go with, you know, like, uh, like our mixes and kind of have that, that type of motif involved in what we do with our mixes. And um, we're going to be having uh, our sauce mix will be released November 23rd. We're also going to be dropping a single as well, like the beginning of uh, December Yeah, it's it's something we're really excited about. We'll we'll also be uh, creating a a fun little Instagram TV channel throughout this month as well, so definitely stay tuned for that. We're we're pretty excited to get on the camera and be goofballs. So is there going to be – is cranberry sauce going to be part of it for – now, right in time for Oh yeah, I mean, things are going to be very holiday, holiday, you know, based <laughs> and oriented. Like it's a, it'll, it'll be something that I think we can, you know, keep doing throughout the years. It'll be fun. That's great. Uh, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of in a way like
0: an expanded version of this old Frank Sinatra album where he didn't sing on it, True. but he was the conductor for a big band. It huh. was called Tone Poems of Color, and each track was a different color, and it was his expression on that color. But you yeah. guys are doing it with I sauces, like that. Yeah.
3: Modernized. Right, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so yeah, basically, just kind of with what what we've started with uh, the spicy Mayo mix and the Hidden Valley hula mix, we'll you know continue that idea and solidify it with you know some some awesome like video content and awesome tracks from people that we we, we like as well as like some new stuff that will will be you know will be coming out in the the next coming months, so right
4: on..
1: Tight. Yeah. <clears throat> any dope shows coming up?
2: Yep,
4: November 30th, Lost Lake in Denver.
3: In Denver. Nice. Well, it's our it's a headline show of ours, so oh, we're excited to, you know. Yeah, you know, we're excited to bring out some quality quality friends of ours to open and um, you know, hopefully we can pack that room out. So, November 30th will be that date. and It'll be a grand old time, yeah, man. Hell yeah. So,
0: just to kind of then recap here, we got the Sauce Mix is coming out November 23rd. Guys they are going to be playing November 30th headlining show. Where was that again? You want to say it?
4: Lost Lake. At the Lost Lake Lost Lounge, Lake.
0: yeah. Lost Lake Lounge. Awesome. So check that out. And then you had something coming out in December.
3: You're releasing a single. A single December
0: 7th. December 7th. Okay. So for all the fans out there of MZG, the 20th, November 23rd, November 30th, December 7th, brand new single. So be sure to check that out guys, we're going to be wrapping it up here. Is there anything else you want to
3: say? You want to talk about? I mean, if like if, if you want to find out about our music, you know, please look us up on SoundCloud, Spotify, talk to us on Instagram. We're we're we're, we're always constantly on the internet, so. Yeah,
4: yeah check fantastic. out our website too, mzgmusic.com. Right on. Cool. If, yeah. post that if, in
1: the description. If, like, for don't
3: don't guys don't too. ever he- hesitate to try and hit us up. We're you know, we're social guys. We're social dudes. And we'll, we
1: yeah, we'll they're fun to argue, party with. You know. They'll drink tequila with yeah. you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sounds like a good idea. Yeah,
1: actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that might have been a mistake for Miggles, you, but you know what? You... I made it through my second set, okay, everybody? So just shut the fuck up. No, no. <laughs> no <doubt. laughs> Anyway, we'll see you guys soon, yeah. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. No, it's, great you know, talking it's like to you guys,
1: super yeah, early you for so. you guys
3: out there, so we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks it.
1: for getting up at 10 a.m. Take note of this artist. Wake, up, wake up at a decent a. time, bitch. I was up at 7:30 <laughs>
3: with, with my paper and my coffee. Oh, man,
1: <laughs> man, look at you go!
3: I got to, you guys. I got to change my life around early, here. This early is early birds, you know. New
1: Hefner, <laughs> New morning
3: Hefner. doves, and we can be night owls
4: from time to time. Early but birds <laughs> get hella worms, dude. <laughs> yeah,
1: but the second mouse gets the cheese. Yeah. All, right. What? <laughs> what out, <laughs> <laughs> all right peace out y'all all right
2: peace
0: guys thank you have a good day bye thanks guys bye
1: all right thank you so much for joining us you guys and again shout out to wit and will for making that happen i mm-hmm. hope we get to hang out at Wavespell again next year and y'all should go to Wavespell. if you didn't see it last year if you didn't get to go last year i'm sure the lineup's just gonna be just as crazy town in fuego as it was last year so Y'all need to hop on that when you see uh, STS9 announce that. As far as stuff coming up for me, I'm not really playing the rest of the year here so far that I can announce. I'm really working hard on finishing up this new EP that I am like 95% done with and doing all of the merch and stuff for that and doing all my own artwork and illustration for, for all of that right now. So. It's it's super close and I'm super stoked and I was kind of telling Pat earlier that I feel like it's like uh, sending a child off to college because it's exciting because you're like, yes, get the fuck out out of of my house. But now what am I but at the same time? It's like, what do I do with my time? And oh. then the second time, the second thing is like, what if I fucked it up somehow?
2: What if, <laughs> what if it's it all up?
1: alone now and I fucked it up? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, no, that's how I'm kind of feeling right now. It's this bittersweet thing, but it is, this, it's so much relief to get rid of a project finally. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. And for, um, I think we'll do a, a future episode where we just feature me for once and we'll, we'll just talk yeah. about how I made the project. And Yeah, that's um, a great idea. We Let's can talk to Pat about how he does the podcast, and we'll just hang out together and drink a little Let's drink Thai chili jalapeno infused Ooh, Patron yeah. that I just made today. Yes,
0: yes, good idea.
1: Awesome. All right, thank you so much, you guys. Next time we talk to you, my EP will be done. And I just wanted to say one thing on our way out here. If you guys ever heard my, me and Pat, actually, uh, the Megan Hamilton and the Bermudas Debut LP Photosynthetic. We featured an MC on there called Fresco Ballout. And Damien was one of our really, really good friends. And we were really, really sad to hear that he passed away last week. So we don't want to leave you guys on a bad note at all and make you depressed, but he was one of the happiest, coolest, most yeah. like fun loving, talented MCs Shocking. I've ever seen in my life. Never in a bad mood, despite no how much shit he was dealing with at the time. Mm -hmm. Just a a fantastic person, a a fantastic MC. And we are really, really sad to hear that he is no longer with us. If you were able to catch our album release show in February of 2016, then you were able to see him perform with us. But this is a big loss to the potential of the hip hop community of Minneapolis. And not only that, but to the people that knew him. And he was a great person. So we're just going to send this podcast out by saying we love you, Damien, and um, playing some tracks from his extremely, really talented, full of character, awesome being. So cheers, y'all. R.I.P. Fresco. We're thinking of you. For ransom, get the money in my hand. Blowed up, I got in like a candle. Show up, I got in like a lantern. Why? I ain't the one I'm the answer. I ain't the yeah. one i the answer. Hey, put a in banana phantom. Won't get handsome. Take a bitch for ransom, taking a chitter for ransom.
2: Lower than the turtle feet, I'm smooth like CL and I rock like Pete. I don't do the right thing.
1: I am not Spike Lee. One man on me, harm me, nigga, not Lee I'm up at six in the morning, thugging, but I'm not Ice tea. I got a couple problems, with the blessings keep coming, my nigga. Couple bumpin' bumpers, so I flex like it's nothing, my nigga. Keep my whole check, son of you, nigga. And I'm hot like the sun. I got a gun and a sister. I got a Uzi, but of booty's boy. I'm coming to get you. Bro, boy, I'm coming to get you. Ready or here I come. You
2: can't hide. I'm gonna find.